Hello and welcome to the first edition of the 2023 Royal Ascot Daily Podcast, which will be posted on our YouTube and Spotify accounts over the course of this whole week, so do not miss them. We'll be previewing the main races from each day. Uh, we'll be providing some uh, review from the previous day's action and also providing our best bets, nap, next best, and talking about any talking points. When I say we, I should probably clarify who we are. My name is Tom Collins and I'm joined by Ross Miller as ever. Ross, I'm ready for Royal Ascot now. The best flats meeting of the season It's just hours away. Five days of phenomenal racing with horses from all across the globe. Are you ready to get stuck into a few races? I, I really am, TC. I was actually uh, away with uh, one of my other hats on this weekend and um, got chatting to a, to a, a Czech lad who works out in Australia um, in the bloodstock industries. Had a really good talk with him about the Australian horses. And when you talk to, to people from all around the world and Ascot is the, is the focus, it, you can't help but get dragged in with it. Yeah, definitely. We're going to talk about one of those Australian horses as well when we come to the, the King Stand preview later in this pod. But we'll start look at, let's start by looking at the Group 1 Queen Anne Stakes, the first race on Tuesday's card at 2.30pm. The brilliant Baid won this race at 1-6 to six last year. Palace Pier won at 2-7 to seven the year before. This year's renewal looks much more competitive. It actually looks like a betting heat uh, for once, within Spiral top in the market, around 15-8 to eight right now. Modern Games 2-1, to one, Native Trail 7s and 14-1 to one bar. Ross, who do you like in this year's Queen Anne? Well, I, I'm going to stick with Berkshire Shadow TC. I'm slightly concerned about being drawn on the fence that you know could just end up in a pocket. But uh, I, I was really keen on him as a two-year-old. I thought he'd make up into a better three-year-old and he didn't. But he just has hinted the last couple of starts that he's, he's getting back to somewhere near his best. Um, two wins on the all-weather through the winter and then a really good run in the lock-ins where I thought he stayed on really well. Uh, Clearly likes his track. I mean, the Coventry is his single standout piece of form. But at this meeting last year, I thought he probably ran his best race of the year, albeit it was, wasn't was good enough on the day. Um, if he's one of these late developing horses, I think this is an open race. I'm not all that enamoured with modern games. And then when you try and look away from that um, native trail, I just um, I think he's gone off the ball a bit. And I would have wanted to see a better run last time on that first start after a wind up. So at a big price and a fairly tentative selection, but it's partly shadow for me. Yeah, Berkshire Shadow is a big price, double figure price, in fact. Uh, for me, it'll be Native Trail. It's a tentative selection, mainly due to the fact that I've never got in Spiral right, uh, despite the fact she's won six or eight races. But I think this is the best field she's ever faced, aside from last time out when she was absolutely stuffed. So she'll probably need a career best. I've had good success in contrast with Modern Games winning the lock-ins last time, but he's short enough in this race as well. He could easily win, but from a value perspective, I think Native Trail second up off the wind up will be uh, my play in the race. Onto the Coventry now, uh, the premier two-year-old race of the meeting. This race has split opinions, hasn't it? All over Twitter. It was a frankly embarrassing spat, in my opinion, over the weekend. Quickly, do you use times to form an opinion, Ross? No, I, I don't, TC. I use my eyes. I, I, I would be a big fan of going back to the form and and watching for whether it's worked out. And that's not necessarily where the horses in behind have won, but whether they've done better on their next start or whether they were unlucky on the next start, but shape still shape with promise. So, yeah, times for me are far too mathematical. Uh, Mr. Hughes, my old maths teacher, will tell you that that wasn't my strong point. So I just use my eyes, like what I see, and I, and I follow that. <laughs> uh, I, I do use times, but um, I think it's just uh, one of many factors you have to... Uh, think about when you when you're analysing any kind of race, whether it's a Royal Ascot uh, Group One or whether it's a seller from I don't know Leicester on a, on a Wednesday. Like there are numerous factors. There's nothing worth 
uh, getting your knickers in a twist, guys. Right, uh, onto the markets for this year's commentary and River Tiber tops it for Aidan O'Brien. George Bowie's a sad second favourite alongside uh, Jessica Harrington's Give Me the Beat Boys. Ross, where are you going in this year's commentary? Sticking with River, River Tiber, TC, he's a bit short, and that's, I think, you know, the Aidan O'Brien factor in and world-class Ryan Moore. Um, but I like what he's done. He's definitely got, you know, a pedigree that suggests it's stamina for more than five furlongs. I think a few people have thrown stones at him for making fairly hard work of landing the odds of two to nine on last time. But I like that he rolled his sleeves up and, and got down and battled. And I thought he was ultimately a very cosy winner. And I think that experience is going to stand him in, in good stead. Conversely, I'm just not sure if Sadna had a race last time. He did it very easily. And when you watch it back, although he was ultimately a very, very easy winner, I thought he got a little bit outpaced just in the mid part of the race. And if that happens here, I think he's going to have a bit all to do. Um, and this worth pointing out the second, although he was 12 lengths back, he was beating 10 lengths on his next start. So um, I, I can easily overlook a Sadna. I like River Tiber. I think he's got shades of um, Little Big Bear, and I'd be keen to see him now stepping up to six furlongs. Yeah, I completely agree with your viewpoint there. River Tiber for me as well. I think he's the standout. I loved his debut. Aidan O'Brien knows what it takes to win the Coventry, having two victories in the last seven years. And albeit there have been two short-priced losing favourites for Aidan, uh, I think River Tiber is one of the best he's sent to this race. I'm also going to have a few quid on uh, Buccaneiro Fuerte, his turn of foot to join the leader on debut, I thought was quite sparkling. Hasn't been seen for a while, but he shouldn't be overlooked uh, for a team that's desperate for a win at this meeting. Russell, was there anyone at a bigger price that you were keen on in the Coventry? Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's wide open, but there's two uh, at decent price I like. Um, the Charlie Hills trained Chief Mancato. I thought he ran a really good race at Windsor last time, and that race has worked out well. I thought it was a decent race before it was run. Uh, the second and third have both won since. Um, and then at an even bigger price, the Andrew Balding trained Spanish Phoenix. Um, Andrew Balding knows what it takes to win this, won it two years ago with Berkshire Shadow. Um, and again, this horse has got two runs on its belt. I like that. It's got pedigree for further than the five furlongs it won over last time. And his run, uh, Kempton on Dave, you can put a line through that. He just didn't handle the bend at all, but still shape promising, I thought. So around about 50, maybe even 66 to 1, I thought he was definitely worth having on side. Yeah, a couple of nice each-way alternatives there if you don't like our selection, River Tiber, uh, in the commentary. Let's continue to rattle through then. I hope you're keeping up at home because it's King's Stand time. England, V Island, V America, V Australia in this year's renewal. It's got a real international flavour to it, um, which we love at Royal Ascot. Highfield Princess, 5-2 Jolly at this stage. Coolangata for the Aussies, 7-2. Manakan for Frankie Dottori, 5-1. And it's Sevens Bar. Thoughts on this race, please, sir? Well, I think you'll have to tell us about the draw. I think as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you probably don't want to be on the, on the wing. Um, I like Mick Bahi, and I think he's drawn really nicely um, in 10. You know, he can follow the pace. He's, he's drawn pretty close to Highfield Princess, who will probably be one of the pace angles, I would imagine. Um, I just think we've not seen the best of Mick Bahi yet. Fast ground, strong pace, finishing late over a stiff track. You know, all his best runs have been at Sandown. Stiff finish. Ascot's got stiff finish too. I don't think this division has got all that much depth to it. I'd be keen on him. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I was talking to Jacob, a Czech guy who's now a resident of Australia, um, and, and he said that the word uh, at, this, at the stud he works at is that Kulnagata is the best chance Australia have of, of winning of the week. Yeah, James McDonald rides Kulnagata as well. Been a little bit of a drifter over the last couple of days, out to nine to two now, whereas Highfield Princess has been solid uh, in the market at five to two. Regarding the draw, I think in this race, draw kind of goes out the window because there's pace all across the track. 
they're probably going to either split up into two groups or one big group. And at the same time, no matter what happens there, you will likely get cover because there are going to be six or seven horses that want to just go uh, hammer and tongs from the start. Kulangata from two will go forward. Dramatized from 18 will go forward. Highfield Princess from 10. Twilight Gleaming from one. There's just pace everywhere. So I think um, regarding this race, draw might not be uh, as important as it is in other races, unless there is a track bias like there was on day one at Royal Ascot last year. My opinion on the race is I'm out to lay Highfield Princess. The trends just don't stack up for her. Uh, I think she's been below par in her last two runs, and she's very short in a race where you can make a case uh, for plenty in here. My tentative selection would be Kulangata, especially at 9-2, but my main bet will actually be a lay on the favourite. Um, perhaps people will also be laying, uh, looking out to lay this favourite in this year's St. James's Palace Stakes, which is the next race we will talk about. 2,000 guineas winner Chaldean tops the market, but he's been weak again over the last three or four days. Uh, the current joint favourite is now Paddington, the Irish 2,000 guineas winner for Aidan O'Brien. The unbeaten Cicero's Gift is in the field, as well as the impressive York winner Mustabshire. You've also got the French 2,000 guineas runner-up Isaac Shelby in this race. Do you like Chaldean, Ross? Uh, I'm really gutted our riff has not uh, not been declared TC and mm. one I was really looking forward to and it was a race I was keen to take on the front too. I'm not overly enamoured with uh, the form of uh, either the English 2000 guineas or the Irish 2000 guineas. Um, Isaac Shelby was a horse I liked a lot last year but I just can't help thinking he's going to be a bit better with cutting the ground. Um, it'll be a race I won't have a play in if you, and obviously you are asking for where I think it'll go. I I just have a concern about the excitement around Frankie. He's got to come round a bend and he struggled with that a little bit last year, as we know. Um, I just wonder whether Ryan Moore can get him locked up in a pocket uh, and strike early on Paddington. I think he's going to need to. I think uh, Caldean is probably the faster horse. If uh, Ryan can get first run and perhaps leave Frankie in a spot of bother, that would be looking to happen. Yeah, I backed Caldean last time in the 2000 guineas, um, but he's just too short in this race for me. If he drifts out to 3-1 to one or bigger, I might have a little tickle on him. But uh, at this stage, I'll be siding with Isaac Shelby. I think he was just undone by the slow pace last time in France. Always hinted that he could be a very good horse. And I've actually just filmed uh, a nice video with Sean Levy, which will come out on our channel. Make sure you check that out, by the way. Uh, he said, I know he's not riding Isaac Shelby this, this time around, but he has in his uh, previous five starts. He said they haven't really found the key to him yet, but he's got plenty of ability. And last time out, he was better than uh, the finishing position suggested. And he could have a chance in this year's St. James's Palace. Now, that's the four major races covered on day one at Royal Ascot. In quick time, we also have the Ascot Stakes, the Wolverton Stakes and the Copper Horse Handicap on day one. Ross, your Napa next best on day one can come from those three races or the four that we've already touched on. Please let us know your two best bets. So a nap actually comes in the in the Wolfson takes TT, and it's a, a horse I was given uh, by a friend of mine who does all the, the, the starting and pre-training for, for catalog their yearlings at Buckaroo. He said it was a really gorgeous yearling. He did say he'd be a late maturing two-year-old. He was right about that. He won over a mile late on his two-year-old year, and it never really happened for him as a as a as a three-year-old. He was sent off fairly short for the for the guineas. Didn't run any sort of race and was then not seen. So we can assume injury or, or sickness after that. Thought he made a really pleasing return start of the year and then ran really well in the group one in France last time. This represents a significant step back in uh, in grade. Um, I think he could just be completely different class to these. Uh, and uh, Joseph O'Brien brings over a strong team. I really fancy uh, Buckaroo on the first day. And then my next best is River Tiber. Slightly short for me in what is a competitive Coventry. 
but I just think he's got uh, a battle-hardened nature that some of them aren't going to have. And I just think he's got the speed to be winning over five furlongs. Now he steps up on this stiff six. I think he'd just be too good for him. Yeah, Buckaroo Ross's nap in the Wolverton at 5.35 on Tuesday is currently 15-2. to two, And his next best, River Tiber, in the Coventry Stakes for 3.05 on Tuesday is currently 15-8 to eight favourite. I'm going to take a tentative approach on Tuesday. My main bets this week are going to be on Wednesday and Thursday, so don't miss the, the upcoming pods in this mini-series uh, this week. However, my nap will be Vauban on day one in the Copper Horse Handicap at 6.10. This horse is rated 160 over hurdles, was a listed winner in France before moving uh, to Willie Mullins' yard and focusing on, on the jumps racing. Um, he's absolutely chucked in off 101. If he's anywhere near his best, I'm sure Willie will have him fit. Maybe the quick ground is the slight concern for him, but he's handicapped to win this by an absolute distance. And my next best is a horse that Ross has napped, which is Buckaroo in the Wolferton at 5.35. We seem to be picking the same horses of late, Ross. Don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. Um, he ran very well to be uh, narrowly denied in the pre hand last time, as you've already said. His prior form's really strong and he's got a wicked change of gear. This drop down in class should see Buckaroo go very close. Thank you very much for tuning in to this day one Royal Ascot 2023 podcast. A lot to cover. Hopefully we've gone through it in quick time and you've managed to keep up with us. Please whack a like down below on YouTube if you enjoyed the video and subscribe as well so you don't miss any of the remaining podcasts over this week. SBK has a tasty offer as well for new and existing customers. You'll get a £5 free bet at Royal Ascot when you place £10 on racing multiples this week. Do not miss out on that. Thank you, Ross, for your selections. Best of luck on day one. Best of luck to you guys at home. We'll see you tomorrow.